Hello, everyone, and welcome to In Every Season. This podcast has been created from an authentic place of wanting to discover, to connect, and to have conversations that really matter. I am Tess, your co-host here, owner and founder of Deaderding Law, a law firm that is also behind this podcast. Um, We do estate planning, probate, trust administration, all kinds of fun stuff in the estate planning realm. And uh, just as a human being on this earth have had some trials and tribulations, I enjoy sharing each and every one of them with you um, to hopefully inspire, help move through and walk this path with you. Well, welcome back everybody. It's Jess and Tess and we are here and look, we are doing it um, live now where we're streaming. We'll have this to every major platform. We are um, excited to be back. We're actually kind of kicking off a new season in every season with our podcast. We had taken a little break just because Smithville opened and uh, Tess got busy with work and we were going through a big transition. The cool thing is, is we knew we were coming back to this and so um, we're ready to rock and roll. I got some cool guests coming in, some cool updates. Um, so we're excited to connect with you all. Yeah, and like we always talk about on our podcast, um, the experience of life is what brings us to new conversations here at this table. So what I'm super excited about in launching this new season is that Jess and I have gone out into the world and had new experiences, um, as well as a lot of the guests we'll bring on, and that will give new content, new connection, and obviously the experiences that you guys as our audience have had over the last several months as well. We're excited to hear about that and collaborate about what we can talk about moving forward um, that feeds you, your soul, your family, your work, um, and your passion. So I think starting, I just got back from um, an almost two week rest and reset with my family. We go to Costa Rica every September. And while I was there, I really needed, I really needed the rest. And um, I feel like the Lord does download to me and I was expecting and went with expectancy to get just kind of a new readjustment of my eyes on what, where I was at because I was feeling unsettled inside and then like where I was going, like just kind of more of a clearer vision. And this is when I had texted you and said it's clear that the Lord had said, this is the season and I think we're going to be here for a while, but it's about releasing and then redeeming and then rediscovering. And I mean, I get goosebumps when I say it because I feel like each one of those categories is something that I can relate to. But I also, because I work in a community where I'm interacting with people on an intimate level, I know that through those conversations, whether they know it or not, they need to release, they need to redeem, and they need to rediscover. And so I'm really excited that we're in this place where we're coming back with our audience on here to just be like encouragers of that word um, and what that means for you. So perhaps after the podcast today, you sit and just kind of dwell in that place of what does this mean for me? You know, yeah, and it's so interesting when you brought that up to me, um, and I want to hear your perspective because we actually haven't. This is this is a live conversation about what that means to you mm. in terms of releasing, redeeming, and rediscovering. When you sent that to me, you know, authentically, just that something hit me saying, "Man, that has really been my season as well." Mm. But what I love about those three words, and I think it's it's fun to break them down individually. You know, the releasing. Um, for me in this season is a releasing of a lot of old patterns 
yeah. old patterns of thought, particularly. Um, I think that when you come from a phase of life, whether that be a career, a relationship, um, a, a pandemic, I mean, whatever it is that that season that you're coming from, there's a releasing process because the old way of thinking, the old perspective can't serve who you are moving forward. And I think that release part, and we've talked about this before, is one of the most important, if not the most important component, because it starts the process of redeeming and rediscovering. Yeah. But you cannot have those two things without the release. Mm -hmm. It's really good. I was in a conversation yesterday with Taj, that is our engineer for here, and Jess Tillery, and we were talking and it really, the release part for me, and it was funny because Taj had said that, was I feel like I need to release the part of me that's always trying to figure out who I am through the outside thing, through the accomplishment of that thing, trying to find the Lord in that thing, trying to find my happiness in that thing, like I am that thing. Mm -hmm. It's inside me. And to not, to, I need to release the concept and the thought patterns and processes of when I arrive at this Thing. When I arrive and I get married, this is what it looks like. And when I have my baby, this is what it looks like. And I really need the Lord right now. I'm going to pray every day and this is what it looks like. I'm always searching outside of myself for things to fix me inside. But I am those things. Mm -hmm. So until I can really stand in my truth in that and surround myself with people that that is my truth, that they, they remind me of that, then how am I ever going to really be able to stand and create my legacy? Mm -hmm. So the release is kind of, to me, in a sense, can be painful because you also have to welcome like pruning and disappointment and change and transition. You have to be faithful in that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those are scary things. So that's why we don't want to release. We yeah. want to keep that. And I think sometimes when we have trauma, it serves us like, I'm really gonna believe in this thing outside of me. But the thing of it is, is it might serve you for a little bit, but will not serve you well forever. And so, like you said, it's like releasing the old patterns, the almost like the old beliefs, you know? Like if you're not obtaining in your life right now what you want, you are going to have to give something up. Yes. And that is oftentimes habits and people. Yes. It's things yes. that you're doing. Well, and here's the other thing, and um, you know, if, if you're unwilling or unable, especially if you see that thing that needs to be released and you're unwilling to do that, at some point in your life, it, that will be taken from you. Mm -hmm. Because the universe wants you to grow, expand, be, find your place here, be in that place, stand in that place. And so if I can't do it for myself, do I want to wait 10 years for it to be ripped from me? You know, Because the pain is going to be felt now and from every point between now and when I either decide to release or it is released for me. Yeah. Right? So I think the recognition of, we all know, it, there's there's a certain practice that comes with sitting in the quiet and going internally. And you and I talk about this a lot. If there's a big decision to be made, I don't call 10 people. Right? Mm -hmm. I have one or two people that I trust that um, I will seek advice from. But the truth is always here. Yeah. You know, and if there's something to release... I, I'm the first one to know that. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but if I, and especially like in, in old patterns, if I didn't want to let that go, I would actually try and seek advice from the people that would tell me that it was okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So are, are you living in that? Are you asking for validation of something because you don't want to let it go, but you know that you should. And people too are, you know, a lot of people are stuck. So if you're asking for advice, 
for a release in something and somebody's stuck, they might not even know for selfish reasons that they're not giving you sound advice, Yes, you know? And so I do 100% agree with you. Um, before I ever take outside opinions on something, I need to know where I stand in it first. Yes. It's the, I like to process things after I've arrived mm -hmm. because I like to share that journey. Um, like you said, you have mentors, you should have mentors um, to go on the discovery process, but you need to know that there's sound, you know? And I think a lot of times, especially with these phones, like our advice is some, somebody that calls them a coach online, you know, that has no real um, expertise in the, in the subject matter and we're making my decisions off those things and it's just yeah. not healthy. And so I think that pulls us into that next where it's like redeeming. And for me, redeeming is almost like me standing at the bottom of the hill and to actually give you a visual of what I've, already, I've asked this community inside Wings Fitness to do is to find a picture of themselves when they were a little, like a little girl and to place it somewhere. I had said on the bathroom because we get ready and you know, we do our makeup, all the things, but to place it there. And then every time that they come up with an excuse of why not to show up for themselves, they go ahead and they actually speak that to that little girl. Cause that's who you are saying isn't enough or isn't worth it. And how much does that change the internal process? And so I'm almost redeeming the little girl I left behind at that mountain that when I didn't have the tools to get to the top of it, I'm now holding her hand and I'm saying, actually, this is our season to claim what's ours. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna go ahead and slay all the way to the top. And we don't have to have all the answers and all the tools, we'll find them along the way, but we just have to be faith-filled that we'll get there. Mm -hmm. And so many times, even people that love us wanna show us how to get around, but getting around something is never gonna get you through it. You actually have to face every fear, every discomfort, um, everything that maybe you didn't do well. You know, a lot of times I think that we get held back because we don't want to face our own wrongdoings. Absolutely. I don't even think, like for me, a lot of times it's decisions I've made or I've gotten sound advice in business and I've chosen to make an emotional decision and it's caused me a huge financial loss. Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing to swallow. It's even harder when it impacts other people's lives. And so redeeming for me, it's like, takes a little bit of forgiveness to myself and perhaps I have to ask for forgiveness from other people mm -hmm. but I am not standing at the bottom of the mountain anymore I am redeeming everything that I have bookshelved or let somebody talk me out of mm -hmm. or every time I've told myself I'm not worth it or I'm not smart enough or I'm too old mm -hmm. or I'm not connected enough or people don't value me enough every single lie that has been spoken over me I'm actually releasing on that journey to the top and I'm saying I'm letting it go you know mm -hmm. and for me that's really powerful because it's also linked um, hand in hand with a lot of pain it's oh, really yeah. facing things that you don't want to face people that maybe have done you wrong yep. Or what are you sugarcoating right now? That's not, that's not the reality. Mm -hmm. That's not really how you feel when you're alone. Yeah, and a, a big theme that comes up for me in this conversation is willingness. Mm -hmm. Because I think whether it's someone else that we perceive standing in our way or typically ourselves standing in our way, what am I not willing to look at? What am I not willing to redeem, Yeah. right? Because of maybe that mountain, right? I'm looking up there and it's like, man, like tomorrow, 
right? I'm, I'm going to take the first step tomorrow because I, it's, it's, a, it's a lack of willingness. And I'm not saying that in a way um, that's judgmental. I'm saying that in, in a way that is, I relate to that word. So, so, redemption's big to me. Redeem, yeah. redeeming something. Like, can we unpack that a little bit? Because I think why I go to willing is because that word is simpler to me. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we need to talk about what is, what is redeeming to you? What does is, what is redemption look like? I think for me, like when I see and hear it, like redeeming for me is like me on my hands and knees. Really like going back to phase one of like the release, but then just like believing. It's a different belief system as I um, move forward in what I'm called to do. I like to talk about life as if we get assignments mm -hmm. and we're called to things. That's my assignment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us miss the call because somebody has told us that it's not ours. Sure. And so um, in that redemption, I'm saying, no, I have all that I need within who I am. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, then the Lord will bring those things into my place. Mm -hmm. Resources, people, finances, um, all of those things will come. But if I never say yes, to the assignment how will i ever know the outcome mm -hmm. i won't so in in the way that we're talking about it right now the release is that i need to release maybe my thoughts around what it is that i should be doing or staying a course that i know is not the right course and the redemption is in the belief in myself in my higher power in the universe to bring those things people places and resources to me in order to course correct so to speak and then be on the path forward which I know to be authentic to me. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times that it's not just, you can have an assignment, but then be lazy. Sure. And then you miss the assignment because you're not waking up with your morning routine, mm -hmm. you're not eating right, you're not exercising, you're not around healthy relationships, you're all those things, right? You can miss it even with intentions not to miss it. And I, right now I see a laziness in the assignment, if people are even aware of it. And myself included sometimes, where I think that I have tomorrow to start it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we know just with speaking with Novi, and, um, you know, I, I do feel there's like a lot of sickness happening right now, where I'm watching like little ones, we had Novi on the show, that they know that they don't have forever. And just listening to the dialogue on, how they're living their life it's like we need to do that now i don't need a death you know date yes um i need to know that i was placed on this earth and i need to believe that i was placed on this earth with something i'm supposed to give back that my life matters and my legacy matters and that when i'm not here anymore it will long live after that because it's about giving back to the world it's not about taking from the world mm -hmm. and i think a lot of times people get self-absorbed we live in such a time right now where people are all about them. Oh, absolutely. And they're, I mean, it's just complete and total chaos, too. Well, and I think that we also have come from a place where people are, um, they've been broken down. <laughs> Mentally, emotionally, you know, I mean, we talk about um, how rampant is depression and suicide in our society right now. So not always an issue of a willingness or a laziness or, a, I mean, we deal with a lot of mental illness within our society there's a lot of um there's a lot of like standards that you know people have for themselves for other people instagram whatever you want to look at to make yourself feel like you're not living up to that standard um, or that expectation 
um, creates that that part of yourself that it's like I just I give up I can't even go out there and start doing the thing that I'm gonna do because there's a thousand people that are doing it better than I am mm -hmm. they're they're smaller they're stronger they're smarter they're whatever right so and that's why I think the peace and quiet of yourself and your mind is to quiet that outside noise and to find out who I am and that might be taking a year honestly a, a, an entire calendar year to sit and reflect. And I'm not saying don't do work in that time, but guard your space. Yeah. Don't be scrolling through and you're filling your mind with a bunch of reasons why you can't do what it is that your mission on this earth is and you haven't even figured out what that mission is yet. Yeah. Not that it's a thing to figure out, but you haven't held space. Yeah. You haven't held space for that to come in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you're out there trying to do, 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 but you don't even know what you're doing. Right, and those things are who you are. So, like, redeeming could mean that you're quitting your job tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Redeeming could mean that you're leaving that relationship tomorrow. Redeeming could mean that all those things, I've, I've heard it all, you know. It could mean that you're supposed to buy that new house or move to that new town. Um, and so I, I really feel like if you're not quiet enough, then you'll start grabbing on to other people's yes. redeeming or their chaos. I... I see exchanges and people will grab onto people's chaos and it's a really big distraction for you to figure out what one what your assignment is first of all like I would say if leaving the podcast today like what is your assignment yes and if you don't know and don't have a clear vision then that's a good place to start your dwelling that's actually a great place to start yeah. because that means that you've disconnected yourself from whatever you've attached yourself to that's not your assignment if I'm in the questioning of what is my assignment, I'm like a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful, beautiful. place to be. Yeah. Um, and that can start the rediscovery, yeah. which is the, the third. It's a birth. It's a yes. big, you know, you're birthing something. And that, and rediscovering um, looks so different to me for so many different reasons. I mean, rediscovering could mean that you're a mom of children that are older and leaving. Mm -hmm. And so your identity isn't so much in the trenches of every day. Um, parenting and motherhood, I feel like that rediscovering phase is a little scary mm -hmm. because your entire identity for 18 plus years is in that and in your children. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like rediscovering could be a new job. I don't, you know, you could have put in 20 or 25 years into a career that you feel called out of. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will resist that calling because they don't know what that is or they've forgotten the little girl that they said no to, like that could never happen. And yeah. that's your rediscovery is actually going back and you're like, oh my gosh, I remember my eight-year-old self that really had a desire to do that thing. And so you yeah. rediscover and you you soak in that. And so rediscovering is what the world needs, I think, just across the board right now. If everybody slowed down for a minute and really asked themselves what their assignment is and then took time to let themselves rediscover what that looks like, the world would look completely different a year from now. Oh, definitely. And speaking of a year from now, um, so on a prior podcast, I talked about how I spent about seven years from what I can remember kind of on this edge of, do I want to stay in this law enforcement career or do I have another calling? And it takes an, an intense amount of bravery, I think, to start something in your 20s and then discover in your you know mid-30s that this might not be the thing that, that I, I was called to that for sure. But, you know, it's like, well, this is your career. 
Yeah. Right. It's 20 or 30 years. This is the career that you have. Um, it was it, it, it was anxiety producing for me in many areas and seasons of my life to have this thing that I was trying to hold on to and make it fit when I knew internally that there was another place for me. Now, a year later, because I, I left in July of last year, I can tell you that there has not been one day that I have regretted that decision. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that things aren't hard. I didn't step out into just like, oh, like freedom, you know? Um, I didn't retire in the way that people retire from a 30-year profession. But what I can tell you is that I was being true to myself and there's no part of me that has backed down from that in the last 400 and some odd days um, because it was right. It was always going to be the right thing. Yeah. I had to find the right time um, because I had to build something to walk into and that was my journey. That was the journey out. But I think that it's important to say that if that if if there's a part of you that that inside of you that knows that you are on a journey that's going to lead to a completely different chapter follow it just keep walking keep walking because if you know internally that staying is not going to be your life's path the universe the lord the heavens the whatever it is will open up for you and provide those things to you in order to take that leap when the time is right and so let the anxiety have its place but keep going because from somebody on the other side that was just terrified of making that move for a long time it was right and it was it was right because i took the time to internalize that yeah and know that that was the right thing i know that in my rediscovering um phase that i would say is right now i even had a conversation with my husband yesterday on i noticed that some of my needs haven't been met just in my marriage mm -hmm. And being vulnerable enough to know that it, that it probably was not going to be received well on how that was. And, and you know what? I didn't really take time to think about my tone and my approach or any of it. I had waited too long. So I just it just came out. Mm -hmm. And it probably sounded more like an attack than uh, I need you to help meet me in the middle or we need to reconnect. And this is coming out of a two-week vacation mm -hmm. when we weren't really doing anything but downtime. But what it did is it woke up inside me mm -hmm. that there was a lack in areas of my life and that I'm responsible for fulfilling where I feel empty or sad or not seen. And so, you know, I had to let him know that. And then part of that, you feel like, ouch, that's going to hurt because if someone said that to me, that would hurt. And that that's my truth, but he might not see it the same way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of that conversation, what felt good is that I showed up to what my truth was. I cannot worry about where it lands from there. But I also need to know that in that truth, I am loved. Mm -hmm. And that even sometimes when we're frustrated when people talk to us, because I fall short too in my marriage. It's not just him. This was me realizing where like I needed more. And to be honest, I don't ask for a lot in that space. I'm not like a medium, probably a little too independent. So a lot of it's me having to readjust. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was just that sense of knowing like, Okay, you said it. Like, otherwise, you don't say it. You expect them to know what your needs are, and then you start resenting things because people aren't meeting it. And this isn't just in a marriage. These, this is in friendships. This is in business. This is, I mean, this applies to any area. This is, I'm just giving one example because I know that Brandon's okay with me being open about things that we walk through. 
But I think that part of the rediscovering is what honest and hard conversations do you need to have with yourself? And then what hard and honest conversations do you need to have with the people you're doing life with? Not only so you can level up, but so that they can level up. Because a lot of times we avoid that because we don't want the conflict. But when you avoid that, you're not giving them opportunity to grow and level up as well. And sometimes we could be all in ourselves where they can come back and say, well, have you, have you looked at it from this perspective? And then you get an opportunity to clean up your own mess or to look at what is frustrating you in a different light. And that's where this willingness to hear somebody and see. And I think at the end of the day, what I've noticed with my, I'll stay focused on just with my husband and the situation, is that at the end of the day, we both wanna grow. And that's important. Yes. And so in order for us to grow, we have to recognize that we're in a space right now that requires us to show up differently than we did 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. We're in a different place. Our son's a different age. Our jobs are different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it requires that we show up different than we did 10 years ago when we didn't have a child and we didn't have these businesses. Yeah. And for us to stand in today and think that we can still operate out of 10 years ago, ago tools and um, aspirations and stuff like that is really like selling us short. But the problem is, is I don't think most people slow down long enough to know, like I'm still operating out of belief systems that were true, but they were true and applied a long time ago. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves is question where these beliefs come from. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times it's just like, I grew up that way, right? Mom, dad, I mean, those are human beings raising human beings. So if I want to have a different experience in my life, I have to be able to look at what is leading me to make these decisions or form these opinions. I was sharing with you earlier, um, we've had quite a journey in, in my marriage because I brought one kid into the family and she brought two. And I went from one kid who, like I was like, I don't know why everybody doesn't have a kid. This is the easiest thing that I've ever done in my life. Like I'll have 20. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> and when we went to three, I struggled so badly because, in, and I would always come back to the saying, we would always have the same conversation and I'd say, it's just so chaotic. There's so much chaos. She's like, okay, well, there's three children here. Like there, there's three. And they, at that point they were like three, mine was three and hers were like five. They're, they're twins. And so it was, yes, it was chaos. And she's like, I, I've always had two. She's telling me this, I've always had two, so I've lived in the chaos. And I'm like, I've had one, it's so easy, like go draw, go whatever, like it's just one kid and I can manage that. So we've been on this journey and it has been, um, luckily we're very good at communicating. We've become very good at communicating. Her kids are nine now, mine six. Um, and it has been a process. And just the other day, someone pointed this out to me. Okay, so we're like, what, almost four years into this journey. The other day, someone pointed out to me, you know, the reason why you get so triggered by that chaos with the three kids is because you just spent 15 years in a career where your sole purpose was to go into chaos and control it. So what you're experiencing now is this form of chaos that you don't have the tools to deal with, but your automatic response is to control it. How do you think, so you're being triggered and then you're going in and like, cause I'm the, I'm the person that will go into the room where all the kids are playing and doing like flips and like screaming and stuff. And I'm like, take it down a notch. Yeah. <laughs> Just, hey, why don't you go read a book for a little while and you go draw in the corner and you go, and it's like, too, like that, part of that's a me problem. Yeah. 
And I think that the struggle has been that I've known that and I've had guilt about it because I'm like, they're just kids. They're just, they're not even doing anything. Mm -hmm. They're, but they're at a level 27 for sure. But like, is there anything that's, that is warranting a response right now? And I've had to like really rein that in. But understanding for me where that comes from, like the last two weeks, the way I've been able to look at it has changed so much of how I respond. Because I understand where it's coming from. Whereas before, I'm just like, how does everybody not freak out at this? Yeah. And Mackenzie's looking at me and she's like, it's, they're just playing. Well, and I think too, it goes back to even more is like, when you're not at home and you're at work and you're in your social mm -hmm. circles and stuff, what do those conversations look like? Are they life-giving or are they sucking the life out of you? Totally. Are you making phone calls on your way to work that are complaining about the things that aren't going right or you're accepting the phone call from the same person yeah. that's complaining and nothing's ever right because those things by the time that you get home to the family unit you're they're getting all the leftovers all the impatience the frustrations mm -hmm. the being annoyed and and then they get parents that aren't present and I think sometimes for myself that's part of my problem and that's why I'm looking at this mm -hmm. before I get here is like somewhere along this and that's the pruning and, and releasing is like I can't keep doing that anymore it's not because I don't love them but I I'm not there like that for them so this is what I can give you and this is what I can't do but I can't keep doing this daily kind of thing yeah, yeah. and so I feel like that's been a big part of me realizing that too because Kason will come home and he's excited he's like mom and this mm -hmm. and that and this and I, I'll think in my head sometimes does he ever stop talking Oh, ever like I'll, and some days it's really cute. Most of the time it's cute and it's fun. And, but on that, on that day, you know, that mm -hmm. it's not what goes through my head. It's not, it has nothing to do with him. He's still yeah. innocent and excited about his yeah. day. And what's annoying is how innocent and excited he is about his day because mine wasn't the same, whether or not I would want to admit it in that time when I look back and reflect and break it down, that's kind of the realization is that when you're in a place that's not well, people yeah. that are in a place that are well can tend to be annoying. Oh, for sure. Instead of being like, hey, how do you always have that joy? Or what are you doing? Like, I need yeah. more of that. Yeah. That's That takes us to be vulnerable. And I don't think a lot of times we do. We, we're judgy and then we're like, get away. Yeah. And, you or know, like the task rabbit. Mm -hmm. Like I can become the task rabbit. Like, okay, I'm you're talking at me now, right? But I know that I need to get dinner on the stove. I need to get right. I need you to get in the bath. You still have homework to finish. So-and-so has practice all the way out wherever. And then someone needs to pick them up. Like I become this like task oriented. And then I'm not like, I'm not sharing this emotional experience with you. I'm not saying that everybody can sit around and just like, you know, I wish I could just sit and hold you and listen to your stories about your day forever. But if I don't take a little bit of time to yeah. just make that connection, right? Because they feel that. We've talked about this. For sure. And my son is so sensitive to that, to the to the the feelings, the energy that I'm giving off. And if and I know that now, and I know that um, we've talked about your connection with Kaysen and how it's like I I have to mentally prepare myself yeah. and go within as I pull up because I'm going to see him whether it's to the school or to to home, and I'm like this is his space now. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you protect that. Yes. And I think when you're dealing with people that you love that are negative, people that you love that are conflicted, people that are well, got a lot of drama going on, making poor decision is for me, I'm like, I, if I take on your stuff, mm -hmm. I am now exchanging what I can give to him. 
Yes. And I can't do that for, you know, I, that's not fair. And that exchange doesn't look right. And I also can't give to myself what I need. And so that also requires us to slow down. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, like, you don't have to answer that call right away, text right away. And like, that is not what you need to do. You know what I mean? I actually have had mentors that have said, no matter what the text message is, give it 24 hours before you respond because when you process something, it's gonna look different than in the moment. Absolutely. And that's birthday parties, all those things. Like, yeah, I wanna go. Well, man, I, I feel guilty. I'm always having to back out last minute. Why? Because you're over committing. Because you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna be there. Well, do you wanna be there? Yeah, you wanna yeah. be there, but you can't do 10 things in one day. Yeah. Or maybe like you, you know, like we talked about at the beginning, you're in a rest season where it's no to everything extra. Mm -hmm. And it's only yes to right inside our homes, yes. which I personally think right now should be like the focus in every home mm -hmm. because outside is messy. Oh, and it's yeah. messy because the home unit is yeah. not good right and now. It's easy to open the door and let that mess just yeah. kind of breeze in, right? And we're not even paying attention to it. Um, to that point, and I think that this is something that. Um, a lot of people would relate to we're revisiting in our house right now our values our core values as a family right and we've talked about them before but we need to come back together and decide what of these like 20 words right and each kid goes and says this is important to me that's important you know pick three and then have those break it down to just a few that we have as a family and then hold each other accountable in our space yeah. right because we do that with each other i would never let a friend come into my space and emotionally abuse or over you know, vomit, negativity, or whatever, I have boundaries around that. Yeah. So teaching that within our homes around values, yeah. right, is so important. Yeah, I we do the same thing in our house. We have a Lord Jack, actually. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons I loved him, we'll have to get him on the podcast, but um, we did, Brandon, Casey, and I sat down and we did our weekly, our monthly, our quarterly, and our yearly things that were desires and goals and stuff like that. And Casey and I actually just looked at it last night. Now we didn't do it um, the way he had suggested necessarily. And I think it's just because of where the placement of it is. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a room that we go into often as mm -hmm. a family. So, but I was looking at it because here's the, the second part of that is that when you hit the milestone, what are you doing to celebrate? Yes. And I don't think we spend enough time celebrating the things that we're accomplishing because we're always on to the next thing that we're trying mm -hmm. to do. And so even like just speaking that into my son, like, because he went there, he's like, well, I didn't do, I hardly did anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what did you do though? Mm -hmm. And then he pointed that out. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Right. Because most you people. progress with this one? And most right? people don't even know what no. they hit and not hit because they're not even tracked. That's what I was going to say. How can yeah. you celebrate if you don't know if you've accomplished something? Right. Right. And that's the identification. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about the release being the first trigger to be able to do the other two. Yeah. I have to be able to identify what am I even trying to accomplish? Yeah. So just that visual, right? And I, you know, with Smithville and stuff and, and how much setback we had in three years of making that and just the rediscovering and and wanting to give up and then like rediscovering purpose again, there was a lot of that in that season and still in that season. And it comes back to this one thing because I, I shared that publicly, that journey, is that people don't want to be vulnerable in a place of not knowing. Oh. And we stood in a place of not knowing a lot. I mean, I didn't know a lot about building and the construction and the way the city works. And, you know, we had the general contractor leave and, and all these things. And so when people would reach out and give me advice, it almost is like, I, it didn't even register because I'm like, I don't even, that 
I don't have the general contractor. They're gone. I'm actually, that is me. And then I felt shame sometimes in the fact that, oh, is that why this feels hard right now? Because I'm trying to do something I'm not called to do, but we're now doing it. And, and then it just slowed the process down sometimes when I'd get into that lane instead of staying focused because at the end of the day, we did do those things and we just needed to make sure that we were steadfast and figuring out how to get it done. And so, and I was okay with the fact that, you know, we might fail in this. I might fall straight on my face. We still might, but it doesn't mean that we weren't called to that. And it just means that we need to change direction a little bit. I've been in positions where I've lost businesses, but there was still things birth in that season that are allowing me to do what I'm called to do now. And that's really hard for people to hear. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I lost karma, that was really hard. I mean, that was socially in the spotlight as well. Yeah. I mean, I had just gone pro. People had flown in from all over to celebrate that with me. And then it was like, I wanna say a month later, I had gone out of business and um, it was hard to walk through that more because of the shame publicly, you know, which then made the internal process even slower. Then to be like, that's freaking awesome, I even tried. And business 101, it's make sure you know what your partnerships are with people and have that outlined. That's the takeaway. Yes. You know, that's that's the truth in that situation. Yes. It wasn't a lack of anything that I did wrong or right. Yes. It was just a bad business decision. And so you've got to be okay not being good at something. Mm -hmm. You have to be. I'm still not good at a lot of things out of Smithville. I'm still not good at some things in here. I mean, the fitness industry's changed so much. I'm an OG, like weight training, you know, old school, and you got booty bands and this and that, and clients will talk to me about things. I haven't even heard about them. And I'm okay saying, I don't know. That's not my, that's not my lane, you know? And I think a lot of times every uh, people will try to think that they have to know all these things mm -hmm. and act like that to people. And that's where this becomes bad advice for us or this can become bad advice for us because people aren't willing to say, I don't know, or, you know, not look like they're an expert in an area. Right now, everyone's experts in everything. Yeah, and what the ironic thing about that is, if, if I am starting a business, and let's say I'm opening a coffee shop, and I wanna know about business agreements and picking partners and stuff, you're actually gonna be the first person I call. Yay. Because it's not because you read a book that you're like, well, you know, page 25 says pick a business partner like this. Yeah. You're like, guess what? I fell on my face because I, had, I made a bad partnership, mm -hmm. and I didn't fully vet that, and I didn't have a good contract. But here's what I did to clean it up, and this is what I found on that journey. That is invaluable information. Yeah. That is invaluable. You're not going to find that in anything, any internet search or Instagram person that you're going to find. Yeah. That comes from personal experience. And so what that did for you is that journey led you to understand how important that aspect of it is, and you didn't repeat that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, it, and it creates, you know, when you're standing in the truth of what you're creating, and if it's... And if it's well, and when I say well, is like how healthy is it? Mm -hmm. You know, how healthy are the businesses or partnerships or job that you're in? And when I say healthy, let me break that down a little bit more. How do you feel walking into that? Mm -hmm. Do you feel healthy? And if you don't, then what are you gonna do to change it? Yes. Because if you're waiting on the boss to give you a raise, a promotion, a new desk with a, or an office with a door, um, whatever it may be, you're, you're gonna be waiting a really long time for your happiness and your health. And a lot of times people get into that because they're like, they need to make the money. And I'm here to say, you can make all the money in the world. I have worked with, I have sat at tables I didn't belong at with people that had more money than they knew what to do. 
And guess what? That money now, they're having to use it to buy their health. Think about that for a minute. That's insane. Yeah. That's That to me is like conceptually, I'm like, and, and a lot of times I just had lunch with a friend this last week and, it, and she's in this rediscovering phase and she's was really focused on making a lot of money. And, um, you know, now she's got some money in the bank and now she's like, but who am I? And that just goes to show you that just because you make some money doesn't mean that you know what your worth is mm -hmm. or that you're living in your purpose or that you've actually said yes to the right assignment mm -hmm. because as quick as it comes, it can go. And I think, I feel like, I don't know if it's our phase being in our 40s, like, but that people um, base their success on how much money they've made or are making. And it's a really uncomfortable conversation from the outside looking in because there's no value in who you are at that point. Your value is tied to a number. Yeah, and I, uh, it's really interesting, this conversation. I love this conversation because balance, and I know it's such an outplayed word, but I grew up in a family where like, we started out with not a lot and then my dad made millions of dollars and then that's kind of like the wave that like I was on from my teens and then into college and then beyond college you know, built this like ginormous, beautiful home, like custom home, all that stuff, and then lost everything, okay? And so it would kind of, it, it, it built this image for me that like, you kind of like, starting with nothing and then having everything and then having nothing, it was like, well, what buys you happiness then? Because this didn't, right? Like that was great and it was fun and we did fun things and we had a lot of great things, but like my dad is happier now than he was at the height of making millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And I know that because I was there to witness it and I know him better now and have more of a connection with him now than I ever did back then. Yeah. So that lesson is so ingrained in me though and I'm so grateful for it because I don't have to chase it for the same reason that maybe other people might have to chase it. Yeah. Like I've, I find so much joy in picking my kid up from school at three o'clock, mm -hmm. right? My dad was always gone. He was always gone because he was hustling and he was making money and he was good at it but I didn't know him. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. There's ways to have to have your needs met and beyond. Right. But to the, the things that are most important to you, once you've identified them, have to come first. Yeah. I agree with that. It's like, like you said, you know, you had a dad that you didn't know. No. And it's like, you know, for those of you listening right now, how many people in your life really don't know who you are? Really don't know who you are because um, you are so busy or you're just not present when you're there. I think that's the biggest thing is being present when you're with somebody. And maybe that can be the starting for uh, realizing that you need to release, that you need to redeem, and that you need to rediscover. Because I think we're marinate on this topic for a while, um, even with conversations on guests that we're going to bring in here. Um, because a lot of this is like, going on that journey with our guests on what did they do when there was failure and how did they release, redeem, and rediscover in that and how do you stay steadfast in that kind of stuff. But also, um, just to let the audience know too, is we are going to do a Sisterhood Collective um, event and, and it's going to be on this topic right here um, in November. We're looking at dates. So I just want to put that out there because we've had a lot of people ask, hey, when are we going to get together again? Um, my big thing was like, I feel like the location's really important for this one. Um, so I'm looking at venues and because we're not for profit, it changes. I mean, it's really expensive to put them on. Um, but I've, uh, I've, 
connected with somebody that's in Penryn that has a really cool estate up there. And I think that that's just gonna be a cool place to have it. And so be um, looking out for the details of that as Tess and I prepare and have these conversations on this podcast for you because we feel like it's important. I feel better when I'm talking about these things because they matter. And um, I, I guess in a really simple way to break it down is what kind of conversations are you having today that matter? Because there's a lot of conversations people are having and the basis of that, it does not matter. It doesn't. Your focus is in the wrong area and you just need to change the lens on how you're seeing things and how you're speaking things out and how you're allowing things to come in, into your mind in the first place so that you're not having to do the internal work. And just to say it over and over again, if this quality of life, of this internal peace was that easy, everyone would be walking around in Zen. Yes. But it's not, it requires so much, especially if you're new to it, it requires so much showing up in such weird and awkward and uncomfortable ways and sitting with it and then figuring out how you walk through it. But you are worth the work. And so it is my hope that in this new season of conversations, you will surround yourself with people or reconnect with people you've let go of um, so that you can have a quality inside yourself that is the richest it's ever been. Because I really do feel like that season is what we're coming into. And we just need to be encouraged in those ways and with those people and kind of be like the leader in that light, you know, like getting back to that place of you have everything that you need. You don't, not, you don't need to know everything, but you will be given everything that you need. Um, figure out what your assignment is because the world needs us so badly to be doing what we were put on this earth to do. And um, I think that when that like clicks, and even if we just inspire our audience to do that, it, the world is still a better place for that because they're gonna go out and influence their friends and family, and there is a ripple effect to this. So I'm just grateful that we have a platform to talk about this, mm -hmm. um, and that it, this is one of many platforms that we can just kind of run with this. And mm -hmm. so I'm really excited for this next season with y'all and same. podcast. And same. And don't miss our next guest is a doctor. She is a trauma expert. Um, she is somebody that I've known for about five years now. Um, fantastic woman and mentor, and actually started her own business around healing trauma. Um, and so we're going to have her on to talk about if you feel like there's some stuff that you're like I, the, the release part is is where I'm stuck at um, a lot of that can be trauma whether that's childhood trauma or recent trauma or all you know mental physical spiritual whatever your language is or the place where you feel stuck Dr. Hoyt will be on with us um, on our next podcast and we're going to explore all of the avenues of healing not getting stuck in the trauma going forward with the healing. And she's amazing and so fun to talk with and I'm excited about that. I'm really, really excited about that. And for those of you that are new to our podcast or haven't been here for a while, just as an update, because some things have changed, but I'm Jessica Winklehausen-Smith and I own Winks Fitness. I um, am the founder of the Sisterhood Collective, which is what we were just talking about. Um, there are events that I just felt like the Lord had said one day, I was sitting on my gym floor and he was like, you need to take the conversations like this and take them to a stage. And so um, I created a space where we bring panel, like a panel of speakers in and we talk about these kind of things that we talk about on the podcast, but we invite people into that space so that we're belly to belly. It's kind of like you're coming to my home and we're gonna talk about things that are 
really gonna rearrange you, but like in a good way. And so that's the Sisterhood Collective. And then really since the last time we spoke is that Smithville and Company is now open. That's a project and a company that I've been working on for the last three years. Um, I, I look forward to even like sharing more and more about that process and um, now that we're open, but um, I'm located in Loomis and that's another space that we just get to really serve our community through healthy food, healthy shakes, specialty coffee. We do live music, we have beer and hard seltzers and we just wanted to be a place where people could find their way back home, even if that meant that that was like our space on the corner. And so I really look forward to like diving into culture and community and like how we created that there and what was really important in the waiting of these last few years and um, you know, what's come out of that too. So I'm test editing. Um, I retired about a year ago from a career in law enforcement that was very fulfilling but met its end. Um, I opened a law firm uh, a couple of years ago, Detterding Law, where we do estate planning um, specifically for um, younger families and um, within our community. I am based in Carmichael, um, which is just about a 20 minute drive from here. And Jess and I have been collaborating or known each other for over a decade now. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually went to Karma Cafe several yeah. times. We used to sit and chat about life just like we do now. Um, it's crazy how things come back together. Yeah. Um, I'm somebody that um, is definitely family focused, family first. Um, raising young kids, as we all know, is extremely challenging. Um, but aside from that, I am really, really enjoying building the law firm, um, starting a business, being involved with other entrepreneurs, hearing other people's stories about business building, and really um, starting to venture out into other things that I can get my hand in, um, in terms of business building and, and that type of thing. So I'm very grateful to be here. Um, it's a journey for sure, and I know that we're just getting started. So thank you for joining yeah. us, and we'll have some fun. Yeah, thanks for being here, and we look forward to seeing you guys in a couple weeks. listening and joining us today on an every season. Hey, we really are looking to grow our audience. We really feel like the message and the people and the guests and the things that we're talking about need to be shared more. So if you could just like and share this episode, we would really appreciate it.